Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ingenuity Show has the weirdest style. The Ingenuity Show hopes you stay a while. Come with these three nerdy engineers. What you will find might linger in the cochlea of your ears. Oh, with every nerdcast, there is something new. If you are listening, then this show's for you. You may think the premise of this show sounds so absurd. Well, you're You're the the one listening who's the nerd. You know me so you can't just say bizarre. Never get a moment free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Something with an age. Hey nerds, this is Saint Jimmy. Recently Mr. Pold and I told stories on the Passersby podcast. I have included a portion of that recording here for our season three finale. The full recording is going to be out in mid-January on the Passersby podcast feed, so please listen there. The story starts back in the year two thousand. I was a the distant future. Yeah, the distant future. <laughs> Um, I was, uh-oh, did we lose you? I got you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm clearing it up for uh, audio. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I had moved to the Philippines to do missionary work over there. And this was in the fall, like October. Okay. And I'd been there a couple months and we were out walking around in a neighborhood at night, going down some cement stairs that go between these two streets and because it was dark I didn't notice the stairs turn and I fell and uh, landed on my feet but kind of tweaked my back and so over the next couple months it progressively got worse and I actually ended up having to take a six-hour bus ride down to Manila that in January of 2001 and uh when I was there, I was staying with this older couple that was there kind of to tend to the missionaries that were coming in and into the country and stuff like that, getting them set up. And, um, so I was staying with them and then I was taking taxis to the hospital for physical therapies and stuff for my back. And, uh, one day I had left the hospital, caught a cab and was headed back to the only place I knew in Manila. And all of a sudden there were these army vehicles blocking the road. So we turned off and tried to go around. And then the next way over to the neighborhood I needed to get into was blocked also by military vehicles. And so I was asking the driver, you know, what's going on? He goes, Oh, well, you know, the, 
the president's being tried for corruption. It was President Estrada at the time. And uh, he's there's protests going on. And I guess that day the military had joined the anti-president group, revolution group. And so uh, we could not figure a way for me to get to where I was staying. And I didn't know anybody else in Manila. So what we ended up doing was <clears throat> I knew where this one mall was near where I was staying. And so we figured out that he could get me close to there and I could find my way back home from the mall. So he dropped me off outside and I had to walk across the mall and through the neighborhoods to get home and, and finally made it. Um, and, you know, kind of heard some more news after I got there about what was going on. And the whole that whole area of Manila had been thronged with all these protesters against the president's corruption. And there was like hundreds of thousands of people just out in the streets, like clogging all the main roads and everything. And so basically nobody could go anywhere in, in central Manila. Um, but the the that elderly couple they had to go down to the office the church office to get some passports and stuff figured out for some other missionaries that were going home and uh they weren't sure how they were going to do it and the guys had to leave in the morning so they had to go do it that night so they asked me if I would go with them since I spoke the language you know I spoke Tagalog and and they didn't so they really only knew very well one way to get there to the office and it was totally blocked with people. So we had to go take this circuitous route around to try to get there. And, uh, we did end up getting lost. So it was lucky they brought me so I could, uh, ask directions, you know, and, uh, we ended up on this road right outside the office. It's, it was a three lane road, but because of all the traffic problems, there were six lanes of vehicles going down this road. And we were right in the middle and everybody was just jammed side to side. And the, we got between these two buses and they started coming closer and closer to our vehicle. And they got so close that they, both of the side view mirrors on this I think we were in a minivan. Both the side view mirrors actually got pushed in by these buses <laughs> before we could get out from in between them. You said, we're going to get a lot thinner. Yeah. We needed like that thing that from the Harry Potter bus where it <laughs> squeezes you down. But I was thinking you were going to try to call 3PO. Open, oh. the, open the door. <laughs> open the maintenance hatch on the garbage. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so we made it and... I got better and I actually ended up staying in the Philippines for another probably 10 months after that. I had to wear a back brace for most of it, but I finally, uh, yeah, that was it. That's my story. I was ancillarily involved in the <laughs> Philippine Revolution of 2001. That's pretty cool. So you got to the place for the passports and um you got did you get how did you get back at that point we basically just 
retraced our route back, even though we had taken some wrong turns. <laughs> uh, but it was the only way we knew. And so a trip that would normally take about 20 minutes ended up taking, I think, probably about three hours or so. Whoa. And I got, But I got to see parts of Manila that I had would never have seen otherwise. <laughs> Did you did you encounter at any point any sort of um, unrest or uprising, or was it pretty much just people you know on the streets getting loud and getting angry? Well, that's the interesting thing is that what I heard was most of those protesters were out there because they were promised money or free food, and so there was just some anti-president group that was basically behind the protests as far as I've heard. And then, you know, the vice president was also in that group trying to overthrow the president and she actually became president, which was kind of controversial, controversial that she, the vice president would. <laughs> They're booting the old guy. Yeah. Of corruption. And they the... <laughs> impeach the president. So the vice president just takes over. And, but she ended up being president for like nine years after mm-hmm. that. She was she was elected when they actually had an election after that. Her name was. Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that still, but <laughs> I couldn't. I had to look up the the guy that got that got impeached. I couldn't remember his name. But Eric Estrada from Chips. No, oh. it, it was a different Estrada. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I don't even remember his first name, but yeah, yeah, it was an interesting time. I you know I was only in Manila for maybe a week and a half. And then I went up, I went back up. I was living up in Baguio City, which is up in the northwest corner of the the northern island of Luzon. So yeah, it's an interesting time. Yeah, that's a. I like that. I like that one. The revolution. <laughs> well, it's it. You know, most people haven't been around stuff like that, especially in the United States. Yeah, we're we're pretty lucky that we don't see a lot of uprising or unrest. Um, I guess well, we, we did have, have our president. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess we could see it's changing a little bit, but we're not going to go into that, right? No politics. Yeah, well, it just just uh, we have a lot less corruption here than a lot of countries like the Philippines have. It's pretty rampant oh, over course. there. So, Mr. Pold, yes. Um, you told me before we started here that your story was about some severe car troubles. <laughs> yes. That and I've had a lot of car, troubles um, through my life, but that your car, your car experienced something um, catastrophic, failure yes. somehow. <laughs> I tried to get him to tell this story on our podcast, but he wanted to save it for yeah, you. Yeah, I said no. I'm going to save it for passersby. Well, we've got an exclusive then. So, <laughs> where does it start? Well, I guess it'll start um, when I was in college. We bought a car that had some, a few little mechanical issues. One of them had to do with the sensor in the radiator. But we were poor college students, so we didn't feel it was uh, important enough to fix until I got my engineering job. And... Uh, we had a lot more money once I had the engineering job, so 
<laughs> and we ended up having to go out of town to, uh, it was either my great-grandmother's funeral or my wife's grandmother's funeral, one of those. And so we rented a car and drove out of town to go to the funeral. And while we were out of town, we put our car that we had bought in college into the shop so they could fix the little issue with the radiator. <clears throat> well, after I got back into town, um, I was driving home from work one day, and all of a sudden the temperature just spiked. And so I was on a bridge at the time, so the soonest I could pull over was maybe half a mile down the road. But by that time, you know, steam was pouring out, and uh, the car was pretty toast. Well, we took it to a mechanic and found out that the it had a cracked uh, head. Oh. And so we were looking at different options. This car was a, basically a total loss. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> worth it, putting it a was new not worth, head on. Yeah, it wasn't worth fixing it. And so, but we did find if we filled it up with oil before we drove it, we could drive it to a destination and just <laughs> fill it up with oil to drive it again. How many miles per quart did you get? <laughs> uh, I don't remember, but... So we decided we were going to go car shopping. And since our only vehicle was this vehicle with the cracked head, we filled it with oil and headed off down the road. Um, well, it smoked a lot, of course. <laughs> and we had people driving next to us, like pointing at the front of our car. And we're just like, we know it's smoking. We're, <laughs> we're, trying, to, we're trying to get this taken care of. You know, we're, we're on our way to get a new car. And so there's a, a part of the town where all the car dealerships are lined up. Um, I think it's called Auto Center Way, real generic time yeah. frame. But so we see this dealership that we're going to go to, and as I'm pulling the driveway, the engine stalls, and I just coast in there, and you know, I don't even park in a spot. I just pull over to the side of the driveway, and um, we had my wife and I had two little kids at the time. Um, I think they were. One wasn't wasn't even one yet. The oh. other one was two years old. So, um, and so we're taking our time, you know, getting our stuff together. And then I glance up and I see the hood of the car. Um, the paint is starting to uh, bubble up, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh no, that's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. So we that's a, that's a little warmer than it should be, right? <laughs> yeah, the paint's discoloring and bubbling, and I'm like, uh, that's bad. So I. I grabbed one kid, my wife grabbed the other kid, and we rushed away from the car um, toward this uh, gathering crowd that was outside the front door of the, <laughs> the dealership who had been watching this whole ordeal. And by the time we get there and look back at the car, the whole front end of the car is up in flames. And uh, <laughs> I'm just standing there with my jaw open like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I guess we're getting a car today. Well, <laughs> and my wife's laughing. And I'm looking at her dumbfounded. I'm like, how could you be laughing at this? This, I mean, I could see years later looking back and laughing, but at the moment it was just like crushing. And uh, somebody in the crowd says, well, you have insurance, right? And I realized, you know what? We do have insurance. <laughs> insurance is covering this right now. And so from then on, I had a great attitude. And uh, I was able, even able to joke around with the dealership people and... I asked the car dealer, do you take trade-ins? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we even had the car dealer, a salesman from the lot across the street, 
come come over and talk to us about oh it looks like you're in the market for a new car <laughs> uh and uh so we you know we went through um to get financing stuff or something we we're looking at buying a car you know because that's what they're for and uh on the, on the questionnaire, I remember they asked, well, what did you like about your previous car? <laughs> and I said, well, I'd like to just find until it caught on fire in your driveway. <laughs> so That was the hottest car I've ever driven. Yeah. <laughs> I generally have a good sense of humor about things, and so uh, there was a lot of room for humor at that moment. <laughs> we en- ended up not buying a car that day oh. um, from those those people, and the, the car dealer actually... Uh, Offered to give us a ride home in his convertible, which, you know, I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. So, um, we eventually did buy another car using the insurance money and some of the uh, uh, bonus money that I got from my job. Because I had only been at the job for like four months. Oh. So. And, uh, yeah, we ended up buying a minivan after that from a used car dealership and... My daughter, 14 years later, is driving it as her vehicle. <laughs> Probably not for much longer because she's telling me that it's making a lot of loud knocking noises when well, she drives it. They showed up here the other night uh-huh. because it was making weird noises and funny smells. And so the first thing I did was pull the dipstick and it was bone dry. <laughs> She's got a lot to learn still. So I hope I impressed on her that she needs to do a little bit more preventative maintenance. Yes, and when I talked to her, you know, about it, I did the same thing. I didn't realize that's the van from that time. Yeah, that's what the van we bought. Wow. So it's pretty it's impressive van. too cuz it's a 93 Dodge Caravan and it's 2015 and it's still driving yeah <laughs> so my my car troubles went down a lot after i got my engineering job so yeah well um before you said you didn't buy a car i was gonna say that was probably the day they shoved the rookie at you and it's like you know <laughs> this one's pretty much given right if, if you anyone, mess this one up you're yeah. done if anyone's gonna buy a car it's gonna be this. and that guy was fired later that day <laughs> <laughs> That's it. For more, remember to listen to the Passersby podcast. Please support our show by checking out our sponsors, Amazon and Audible, at engineerdyshow.blogspot.com. Have a wonderful new year from the Engineerdy Show. You know me so, you can't just say bizarre. You never get a moment for free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Something with an A or a G Just be sure that I can tell it Just be sure that I can tell it again Most guitars are made of trees With some L for the strings And some frets and tuny things Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees People play them while they sing Some are dull and some just ring Guitars are made of trees You know me so, you've seen it all before Looking at me stuck in a tree Trying to hold a thought you can't ignore 
something multiplied by a three. Just be sure that I can tell it. Just be sure that I can tell it again. Most guitars are made of trees with some L for the strings and some frets and tuny things. Most guitars are made of trees. Most guitars are made of trees. People play them while they sing. Some are dull and some just ring. Most guitars are made of trees. The song Most Guitars Are Made of Trees is by Greg Gibbs. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.